Welcome to Creative Biolabs Science Channel. Creative Biolabs is a specialized contract research organization supporting mRNA studies with all-round solutions covering mRNA synthesis, modification, and mRNA therapeutics development. With an unwavering pursuit of innovation and lifelong learning, we keep on producing podcast series related to mRNA technology based on our knowledge and practical experience gained through years of exploration in this area. Subscribe to our channel and keep updated with our podcasts. Good evening, dear friends. Thank you for tuning into Creative Biolabs podcast series. In the last episode, we talked about the modular composition of chimeric antigen receptors and the related technologies of T-cell gene transfer. We learned that the chimeric antigen receptor is mainly composed of three functional domains, including extracellular domains, transmembrane domains, and intracellular domains. Each domain has a different composition and different functions. We also discussed the main tools for genetic modification of T-cells, such as retrovirus and messenger RNA. Today, David will let us know how to make transiently redirected T-cells. Thanks for joining us today, David. Thanks for inviting me. So if we want to redirect T-cells, obtaining a large number of T-cells is the key first step. How can we isolate T-cells in vitro? A large number of T-cells can be obtained by the relatively long process of isolation, identification, and expansion in vitro. These cells can also have the natural specificity of tumor-associated antigens. A more advantageous method is gene redirection of polyclonal T-cells. It can provide a large number of tumor-specific T-cells within a few weeks. When you set a large number of cells, how many T-cells do you mean can be obtained per separation? Are they sufficient for genetic modification? Standard white blood cell separation usually produces more than 200 million T-cells. However, whether this number is sufficient to produce the number of therapeutic-related cells that are genetically modified cells is still questionable. It is expected that treatment strategies based on transient redirection of T-cells may require repeated rounds of adoptive transfer. This further increases the need to develop in vitro expansion protocols to generate large numbers of T-cells. Have these transiently redirected T-cells been studied in any clinical trials? Not yet. Also, stable genetically modified T-cells have not been clinically studied either. Only recently did it enter the clinical early phase 1 study. This means that the specifications, like, you know, the cell dose, and the time and frequency of rain fusion have not yet been determined. These specifications will ultimately depend on future clinical safety and efficacy studies based on a dose escalation design. I heard that some early clinical trials of stable modified T-cells may be conducted on T-cells with impaired functions. What are the problems caused by the use of undesirable T-cells? Well, it could negatively impact the extrapolation to future research using more appropriate T-cells. However, the current protocol for permanent redirection of T-cell clinical research provides for a gradual dose escalation design. The first clinical trial of using tumor-infiltrating lymphocytes to treat patients with malignant melanoma was reported in 1988. In that test, in the absence of antigen stimulation, Cells were cultured with large doses of interleukin-2 to produce tumor-infiltrating lymphocytes until a large number of T-cells were obtained.
Why can't we use this method to get the ideal number of T cells? Because of its limitations. Most tumor specific T cells require the re stimulation of dendritic cells with antigen regularly. Generally speaking, T cells can be non specifically activated by allogeneic peripheral blood mononuclear cells, plus anti CD3 antibodies or mitogens. Since autologous dendritic cells cannot be produced in large quantities, as a stimulating factor for T cells, the proliferation of artificial antigen presenting cells is triggered. So let's say we now have a large number of T cells. For the next steps, is it necessary to analyze and identify their phenotype and function? That's right. The phenotype of T cells can be determined by the cytokines they produce. For example, naive T cells express CCR7, CD62L, CD27, and CD28 at high levels and have longer telomeres. In the linear differentiation process after antigen stimulation, the expression of these molecules decreases. The terminally differentiated T cells have shorter telomeres and lose the expression of CCR7, CD62L, CD27 and CD28. A few clinical trials have proved that the surviving T cells after transplantation are clonotypes with low phenotypic differentiation. Reports from recent findings show a link between T-cell persistence and tumor regression after adoptive transplantation. Can you tell us more about it? The in vitro expansion protocol of tumor-infiltrating lymphocyte used in that test for ATC usually takes 20 to 40 days. So changes in phenotype and function are induced by the differentiation into a late-effect state. T-cells are then less suitable for mediating anti-tumor responses in vivo. Without the help of CD4, the adoptive transfer of T-cells expanded in vitro has been shown to result in low persistence of transferred T-cells. If CD4 is present, can T-cells have higher survival activity? Not really. It is still not known whether CD4 help requires homologous or heterologous specificity. What are the advantages of the adoptive transfer of chimeric antigen receptor gene-transfected T-cells? Well. Chimeric antigen receptor expressing T cells can target and kill tumor cells. At the same time, CD4 helper cells expressing the same chimeric antigen receptor can produce Th1 cytokines that are essential for T cell survival. In other words, if T cells exhibit a Th1 cytokine profile, this is conducive to achieving an anti tumor response after adoptive transfer. What about T cells transfected with chimeric antigen receptor messenger RNA? We don't know yet, since there are no published animal or clinical data on this. It is also unclear whether the simultaneous transfer of chimeric antigen receptor expressing CD4-positive and CD8-positive T-cells will produce better tumor cell-killing effects than the transfer of chimeric antigen receptor CD8-positive T-cells alone. Next, I want to discuss tumor-associated antigen-specific vaccine-mediated tumor cell lysis. What happens after this? Ample evidence has shown that tumor antigens are then ingested. They are presented to T cells under the action of inflammatory signals. This may lead to the induction of new tumor specific T cells and kill the remaining tumor cells through the epitope diffusion mechanism. I heard that all chimeric antigen receptor transfected T cells co express endogenous T cell receptors. Can all of these T cell receptors target tumor antigens? Not all 
but some of the receptors. These tumor-specific T cells can still retain their functions after chimeric antigen receptor is downregulated. The premise is that they express the central memory or effector memory phenotype. I have read in the literature that transfection of messenger RNA results in transient expression of chimeric antigen receptors, but I don't really understand it. What does it mean? Oh, it means that the transferred T cells must be able to return to the tumor site and perform chimeric antigen receptor-mediated killing within a few days after the transfer. Studies have shown that after 10 days of expansion, chimeric antigen receptor transfected T-cells contain a mixture of central memory, effector memory, and effector cells. What can you tell us about the cytokine expression in these expanded T-cells? If we look at some cell markers, from the study you referred to, L-selectin CD62L was highly expressed on these cells. And the number of cells expressing the terminal differentiation marker CD57 was significantly reduced. CD62L is a prerequisite for homing to the lymph nodes. Only a few T cells express the CCR7 chemokine receptor. This receptor is very important for guiding cells into the lymphatic organs. mRNA transfection technology opens up the possibility of introducing different receptors into the same T cell to achieve multiple functions such as through chimeric antigen receptors killing and CCR7-mediated lymph nodes homing. What about regulatory T-cells? Will they also be exhausted? Regulatory T-cells account for 2-5% of peripheral blood lymphocytes. They are the main contributors to maintaining immune homeostasis, preventing autoimmunity, and mediating peripheral immune tolerance. Researchers have detected an increased number of regulatory T cells in the peripheral blood and tumor microenvironment of patients with advanced cancer. Unfortunately, this increase is associated with a decrease in overall survival. What are the functions of regulatory T cells? They recognize autologous peptides, presented by major histocompatibility complex class II molecules. Since many tumor-associated antigens are self-derived, Regulatory T-cells may inhibit T-cells' anti-tumor-associated antigens' activity to promote tumor escape. What's the reason for importing chimeric antigen receptors into regulatory T-cells? Well, this way, we can promote regulatory T-cell-mediated suppression of chimeric antigen receptor-transfected effector T-cells. We have seen evidence suggesting that non-myeloablative treatment can improve the efficacy of adoptive T-cell therapy by depleting regulatory T-cells and competing to activate cytokine cells. Does it suggest that the depletion of regulatory T-cells is beneficial to tumor treatment? That's right. We have seen in patient data that the use of chemotherapy combined with tumor vaccines to remove regulatory T-cells has shown enhanced anti-tumor immunity. We can say for sure that the depletion of regulatory T-cells in vivo and in vitro will improve the clinical response of patients receiving adoptive transfer of redirected T-cells as much as possible. From the past episodes, we learned that the adoptive transfer of tumor-specific T-cells provides a promising approach for tumor immunotherapy. However, isolating autologous cytotoxic T-cells that recognize tumor-associated antigens is time-consuming and fails in many cases. Correct. Genetic modification is another option that is performed with tumor antigen-specific T-cell receptors or chimeric antigen receptors. 
This can shift the specificity of a large number of immune cells to malignant tumor cells. The chimeric antigen receptor is cloned from the single-chain variable region of the tumor-recognizing antibody and the framework of the human T-cell signal domain. So the specificity of the antibody is combined with the effector function of cytotoxic T-cells. When antigen binds, the intracellular signal domain of the chimeric antigen receptor initiates cell activation mechanisms, including cytokine secretion and cytolysis of antigen-positive target cells. Do you know if there are any detailed plans for large-scale in vitro expansion of T-cells and production of medium-scale chimeric antigen receptor-expressing T-cells? I have heard about some relevant plans that are used for translation studies of messenger RNA electroporation. The anti-CD19 chimeric receptor for leukemia and lymphoma is used as a model system. The scale of the program is currently being expanded to make it suitable to produce a large number of redirected T-cells for clinical applications. That would be it for today. Thank you everyone for listening. Thanks David for sharing your expertise. We will continue our discussion next week.